Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Another edition of Nothing But The Truth I'm your host, Mr. Evan Brooks Today's date is Saturday, June 16th 2012 6 o'clock p.m. <laughs> and it's looking good here in Hampton, Virginia And, you know, if you don't know much about the show Let me give you a brief synopsis of what the show is about Been hosting Nothing But The Truth for over four years and the show talks about the aspects of love, relationships, things that make us tick, you know. The whole thing about it is that I really want to present everything to you and give you a true idea of what it is to be in a relationship. You know, are you trying to start a relationship or are you trying to get out of one or are you currently in one, you know. We talk about those things and try to help you uh, figure out what's the best thing to do. We also talk about the real issues that are going on between sexes, again, like I say, in general, and how to change that around. Are you looking for Mr. Right or Mrs. Right and keep getting a loser? Are you trying to figure out why things keep going wrong? If you say yes, then you're at the right place. There's nothing but the truth. We're going to give you the true advice that you need to get the relationship that you want to be in and maintain it. That's the most important thing, to maintain it. Now... Without further ado, I'd like to tell you about what we're going to do for this evening. For this evening, I have an interview with uh, Mr. Barry Eva, also known, a.k.a. Storyheart, with his book about Across the Pond. A lot of people have been asking me about it, so I'm going to bring him on right now, and we're going to start the introduction. But before I do that, I want to give you a synopsis of who he is. Um, like I say, he moved over here into England, uh, moved over here from England in 2000. You know, originally better known for his short romance stories on the net and his uh, book, 
stories from the heart. Barry is popular for narrating his stories on local TV or as guests on other media stations where his wit or irritating and old English, old-fashioned English charm make him very popular for interviewees. So we're about to go ahead and start. Let me go ahead and bring him in here. Hello, Barry. How are you doing? Hi, Evan. I'm doing good. Thanks so much for having me on your show. No problem, no problem. Well, you know, you know, I, I have a few questions for you right here, and sure audience that are, are listening in, you're welcome to call in at 646-716-7911. I was having technical difficulties uh, a day or two before the show even started, but we're going to go ahead and start this show, and also the chat room is open if you want to make comments in the chat room. Just go into a Nothing But The Truth website, which is www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash NB underscore truth, and you can join the chat room or listen on the web or call in. Well, I'm going to go ahead and start it off. Uh, Barry, what made you want to uh, start short stories dealing with romance? Okay. Um, well, for a start, I'm English. Uh, I know a lot of Americans can't tell the difference between Australian and English accent. And, of course, us English are famous for being romantics. I mean, you just got to look at the English poets and, you know, even down to Shakespeare. And like a lot of people, you know, I'd written poems and my poems turned, some of those turned into songs when I was sort of younger. And you go through the sort of, you know, the romance part and you get hurt and you learn and stuff like that. And so I started writing a few of these stories down and they were sort of like, um, I call them bathroom book, bathroom stories because they, they take like five minutes to read, and it could be the, the bathroom could be the only place you get five minutes peace and quiet to read a story. So I started doing that on the internet and stuff like that, and then I wrote a, a YA book across the pond, and I thought after that, what can I do? And I thought, well, why not put all these short stories into a book? that people can use, can share, and that's where the bathroom book of romance stories came from. Hmm, interesting, interesting. Now, on that right there, you know, what inspired you to uh, call your, uh, you know, to call the stories, you know, short story? I mean, what what inspired you to just jump into Because you say, you know, it was the poetry, you know, what triggered that? Well, it, it was one of these things that you feel sometimes that you want to share something with people and, and a lot of these stories have got little bits of me in there's stories that I sort of made up and like having the twist in and it comes all ages all genres you know and, and everything like that um, there was one story that somebody actually asked me to write about their relationship but I, I wanted to start sort of sharing parts if you like parts of me with people and the short stories are not people people can read them and you know if, you, if they can bring a, a smile to your face or a tear to your eye, then, then that's great because, you know, people like having a cry, let's face it, as long as they're mm-hmm. happy ending perhaps at the end. And I like to put twists in them so that, you know, to try and fool people and, and everything. And, and so I started off doing them on, on the internet, um, you know, do one and then some people liked it. So I did a couple of others and then I did like ones for Christmas and stuff and ended up with like about 50 or 60 of these stories. Wow, fifty, sixty. Now, how long does that take to generate a story like this? You know, is it just, you know, you're just thinking about it constantly, or something that you see outside, you know, with a couple yeah, or could, things like that? Anything, it could be something like that. It literally could be, uh, I'm, I'm driving along, I hear something on the radio, or I see something, or, or even like 
a twist in a story comes to me. And what I tended to do is, is I sort of think about it, think about it, churn it over, try and get, you know, the path of the story. And then when I'm ready, and it could happen at night, it could be something comes to me when I'm sitting in bed or something like that. Suddenly, you know, when I'm ready, I've just got to dash it down, get it down and get it all out there. And the actual churning over and thinking about it could take like two or three days. But the actual writing could take like about 30 minutes. Wow. Wow, that's a lot of deep thoughts right there. <laughs> deep thoughts. I mean, wow. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you have to because you know, life, romance, love, whatever, it's a complicated matter. There's lots of trails and false false you know as you say you have to kiss a lot of frogs before you find your princess and you might find a few ladies in waiting along the way but they're not quite that princess Mhm. that's true you know a lot of guys out there been kissing some frogs lately I ain't gonna lie <laughs> <laughs> okay well no there you go i'm sorry to interrupt. No, 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 carry on carry on it's okay okay and uh what did I have? You made me lose my thought about it. Okay, so uh, <laughs> you know, you know, during this time of writing these stories, you know, what you know, what did you learn along the way of writing stories? You know, I hear that some writers say when they write a story about something, or like you say, you see something, you learn something else. You like, well, I didn't see it that way, but now I see it this way. That perspective. Yeah, I- that, that's true. It teaches you, I think, as you write and as you learn, it teaches you to look at things from almost both sides. You know, you've got to look at, you can't look at your own selfish views all the time. You've got to sometimes think of the other person. And one of the things I have learned along the way, and, you know, I, I've, I've had my fair share of emotional ups and downs and sort of marriages, divorce, what have you. And one of the things I've learned and uh, I learned this quite early on, but there's a, a French singer called Charles Aznavour, who perhaps his, his best known song, I think, was She, which was in like the film Notting Hill and a few other things. And, that, and he, he's sort of, that's his best place, I think. But um, one of his songs that I heard when I was, you know, many years ago, had a line in it. And I use this line now as, as a motto to go by because, as I say, you, you learn the hard way sometimes. And the line is, you have to learn to leave the table when love's no longer being served. And I think that's something that too many people perhaps don't do. That they get in a relationship and they are there's nothing left of that relationship, but it's all they know. They're perhaps scared to break out of it. They're, they're perhaps scared to leave that table uh, even though there's nothing left of it because you know it's it's what should be you're meant to be with somebody even though you don't want to be with them and, and that's something I, I definitely learned earlier on and as you do the stories it's that sort of thing that you pick up on as well Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. now I know like I said a lot of people are asking about you know what is across the pond because I was looking on Amazon, you got a lot of high reviews about this uh, book right here across the pond. I mean, can you, uh, you know, yeah. elaborate with the audience a little bit of it? Yeah. Don't give the whole book away because I want everyone to, to go get the book, but you know. Right. Across the Pond is my, my, my YA book, my young adult book. Um, 
and they say right about what you know. And I know about the issues of moving from England to America. I mean, people say, you know, I think it was Bernard Shaw said it was two countries divided by a common language, and it certainly is. There are so many differences, and I thought, well, I know about this, and you know, I wanted to write something for a young adult, so I wrote a book called Across the Pond, which is about a 15-year-old boy who ends up having to come to America for for a couple of weeks because his parents win a, a competition and they end up in Australia, sort of thing, and. The boy, it, it's the issues that he has coming to a different country. There is a first, you know, young romance, first love in there as well. There's even a baseball game where he catches a, a ball that's worth like five, you know, fifty, five hundred home runs sort of thing. And of course, there's a bully, and, and there's his humour and stuff like that. So it, it adds everything to it. It's got the love, it's got the invent, action, it's got sport, it's got humour, and it's got education. You know, I mean, I'd never forget. For instance, the first time when I first came over to America, and, and as it happens, that was actually following my heart, leaving my beloved England to uh, come and uh, be with a woman that I met on the internet. Um, but to, when I first came over, and I'm driving a car out the airport, and I got to a stoplight, and I saw all these people turning right on red. And I thought, what the hell's going on here? You know, we don't, if, if, if it says stop, we stop. None of this turning, going through the red light. And, and it's that sort of thing that people, you, you, that, that when, it's only when you sort of start talking about it and the word difference and everything like that that people realize. And that's the sort of what the whole book is sort of revolved around. But as I said, it's full of everything else. And quite as you kindly said, you know, I'm, I think I've got over 120 reviews now on Amazon. And um, it, it's, it's one of these books that, People from eight to eighty seem to be enjoying, enjoying. So uh, you know, it's going good. Mm-hmm. Now I know that there was two main characters. I believe are Fred and Brittany. I know you just yep. mentioned about Fred being a fifteen-year-old uh, kid from uh, the United Kingdom, and uh, yep. he sees Brittany. I mean, can you elaborate a little bit on Brittany? Yeah, sure, sure, yeah, sure thing. I mean. Fred's parents win a, win a trip for two to Australia in a contest, and Fred has a choice of either coming over to friends of his parents in America or going to, uh, for two weeks to his grandparents in Scotland, and he doesn't really fancy that. And so he ends up coming to America, and it's, it's actually made worse because his teacher hears about this and decides he's got to do this big project about the difference in the language and everything. But the friends he's staying at have got a daughter called Brittany, so it's Brit with a Brit, if you like, um, mm-hmm. who's about his old, his own age. But she's got a bit of a secret because there's this uh, boy that's been attacking the girls around the neighbourhood. This uh, Steve Harris, and so you know, a they sort of gradually become an, an item, so to speak. And also, you know, you know that in the end there's going to be this big confrontation between Fred and Steve Harris. So yeah, there's it's there's a lot of love parts in it. There's a lot of and it you know, allowed me within that book to bring out my romantic side that I have in these short stories. Hmm. That's interesting. Now, I know you just got me saying that this book is aimed for teens. And you say, I mean, I saw a review on Amazon that it was a teenager that was saying this book helped him out in a way of understanding, you know, first-time love, things like that, you know, the aspects of it. Did you have any inspiration from, you know, anyone that you knew or it was just people that was writing to you telling about their story, saying this is what I'm going through? Well, I knew from from my own 
issues. As I said, I, I actually came over to America after meeting a, a, a woman on the internet, and I know about I knew about the issues of having to get over here, being apart, and and then sort of you know stuff you had to go through. So there are bits of me in there. There's also bits of you know other people who. I, I've met on the internet who've gone through relationships, who've, who've hit some issues like that, and who perhaps were scared to speak to their their mothers. You know, uh, Brit doesn't want, uh, you know, like a lot of these other girls, uh, they, perhaps they were just she she was embarrassed. She she couldn't sort of tell her parents what what, what had gone on, and it was only right towards the end when she, when she sees that you know Fred's managed to. Uh, Builds it well, helps her to get enough courage to sort of actually tell her mother what's what's happened, and so there is that part in a lot of you know some people have said you know it's got a moral behind it, and it's one of these things. It depends who reads it, what they see in it. You know, some people say it's a moral. Some people said it's a story of life. Some people have said it's a humour thing. It's it's fits. It seems to be appreciated by everybody. In fact, there was one lady who bought the book for her. I think 11, 12-year-old son. She she said, you know, my son doesn't read. Uh, I, you know, I don't know what to do. He doesn't read. I, I, I thought, I, and I bought my your book for him. Took it home to him. He sits down and reads it from cover to cover. And she's never mm. seen that before. You know, he sat there and he read it. And she's sort of doing the housework and preparing the dinner and stuff like that. And he finishes the book, puts it down. So she goes over and thinks, well, what, what's, what's so interesting about this book? I've never seen him read it all before. So she went over, started reading it, and she sent me an email. She said, you know, I started reading your book. Lunch was forgotten. The housework was forgotten. I had to read it. I had to finish it off. So she finished it off. Blow me down if she didn't leave it. And her mother, the, 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 the original boy's grandmother, picked it up. And she read it. So it went through three generations and appealed to all of them. Hmm. It's interesting right there. I mean, like I said, I see a lot of high reviews on there. I mean, a lot of people are just like, wow. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I was lucky people sort of, a lot of people said it was like, um, it was about the time the High School Musical films were out. You know, it would have made, I actually had Disney did contact me and I sent a copy of the book down to them. But, you know, I guess it got lost in the post because I never heard back from them. <laughs> Typical. Oh, man. But, <laughs> but you know, it, it's, a lot of people have said it's like Judy Bloom, for instance, in that style of writing. But to me, it's just a case if, if people enjoy it. I mean, I, I like you, I have a radio show and I've done like nearly 500 shows on there with authors called A Book and a Chat. And I have people come on there and I have people, I've given up my day job, I'm going to become famous overnight and make all this money. You don't. You don't. One in about a million might, might become an overnight sensation author. You know, but if you get... If you get an email back from somebody, if you get somebody who does a review for you and says they liked it, even if they said they don't, at least they've read it, you know, and you can pick up from the negative reviews and learn. But if if you've made one person read, one person happy, help one person out along the way, then it's all worthwhile. Hmm. Now, to me, it sounds like the book could be possibly a guide to... Uh, experiencing a relationship with someone from a different culture, could you concur with that, or what would you say? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I certainly do. Uh, it, it, it does help the education part, and it does help perhaps people understand that there is differences 
around the world, even though you might be talking the same language. In fact, the second book that... Uh, when I finally, I'm sort of part way through writing it, but life gets in the way, as always. Um, it's the reverse with Brit coming over to England and the stuff that she's going to find over there and the cultures and everything like that. I mean, silly. Well, people, for instance, people don't realise in America that we don't have ID cards in England and drinking is 18 in England. So you get kids 13, 14, 15, especially girls. You know, they dress up. You have no idea of their age. They go in a pub and they're drinking and, you know, you ask what age they are and they say, oh, I'm such and such, my birthday's such and such. But you don't have the ID cards to prove them. And and so stuff like teen drinking is a lot more serious in England than over here, perhaps. Mm-hmm. It seems like they're more mature, too. I have been over in Europe as well, too, and people are more mature in, in a sense as far as when you talk to them. You can actually, I ain't going to say it. Everyone here can't have a good conversation, but it just seems like every time I walk to someone and talk to them, can have a real good conversation. I think I think one of the things is um, life is taken. It's slightly different, uh, uh, you know, in in Europe to, to here. Um, I was very surprised when I first came over here, and I, for instance, I started watching American television. And if there's somebody in a pair of shorts, they blur it out. And here you are in Europe that. The, most of the daily tabloids have topless women on page three. You know, people people do topless bathing, or you know, it's it's part of the norm. And yet, in America, you talk about something like that. Oh, can't do that. You're not sure. And I think that's why perhaps children, in a way, grow up earlier uh, in Europe because there isn't a lot of this taboo sort of stuff. Everything's well, it's there. You know, that's it. Mm, I believe so. I, I believe what you're saying, too. It's true because, like I said, I mean, you have a lot of, I want to say not from uh, everyone's perspective, but from what I've seen from my perspective here in the United States, as I've been here most of my life, is that you have a lot of people, like I said, you know, a little bit of immaturity. But, I mean, you do have a few, like I said, that they're not on that there. They're being honest, and I'm just talking, referring to the teenagers and the young adults right now as far as that's going on. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> no, I, I was going to say, you're quite right. And I think, I think part of it is they, they sort of they grow up quicker, I, I think, uh, because, because it, it, it's part of life. It's like the sort of uh, the world education to life education I mean, it's I, I don't know how to say it. perhaps it's America seems to be more um, into itself I mean if you ask people about world history let alone world geography uh, in America it's very much they don't know they, they can tell you about some of the America stuff but you ask them where such and such country is and, or anything like that they don't want to know and it's like you look at the news and this is a major issue the American news doesn't really cover much of the world news thank goodness for BBC that's all I can say yeah. you know, I can see what's going on in the rest of the world and I think that's, that, that then goes down to the to the, to the, the teens and how, how they are as well because they're almost cocooned in their own area, you know, uh, their own world, um, and that perhaps they don't see so much of everything else. I mean, if you look at 
England, for instance, there's 61 million people in England, which is more than California and Texas put together. And yet landmass size, if it was an American state, it would be the 35th size state of America. People don't realize it's such a small bit of land. And yet everybody from, there's, there's over 5 million Poles in, in England. There's, um, there's so many French now in London. It's the seventh most populated French city. You know, if it was a French city, it would be the seventh most populated city because there's so many people. It's such a melting pot, a cosmopolitan range of people and environments that if people grow up in that area. They grow up quicker. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree with you on that. Now, going back on your book about Across the Pond, is there going to be any more upcoming books coming out shortly here that well, audience can uh, jump on? I've got the... the uh, the first book of the Bathroom Book of Romance is out, as I said. The, uh, the second book is, is, is there. Uh, it's got, just got to go through all the editing and all that when, when I can uh, get around to that. And I also have a... Oh, no. that. 